I'm Dan Broskell. And I'm Dave Geller. And we are the co-hosts of What Do We Know? What Do We Know is a free-range podcast dealing with wellness, education, sports, personal stories, and more from two guys who know a lot about certain things, but not a lot about others. Your hosts are Dan Broskell, a longtime educator, compulsive runner, and father of five. And Dave Geller, a pediatrician with three kids and an amazing Maine accent. Good afternoon, everybody. This Sunday, March 14th, 2021. My name is Dan Broskell. I'm here with my good friend, Dave Geller. And Dave, this is a big one. Episode 50 of What Do We Know? Congratulations. Episode 50. Very exciting. Glad to be here. Thanks for setting it up. Yeah, well, happy Pi Day. Big Pi Day. I thought about you on Pi Day because I never really thought about Pi Day until you told me about Pi Day. Yeah, I'm not a Pi. You know who's a Pi Day girl? It's Jen Poole. Jen Poole is really into Pi Day. So shout out, Jen. Um, but the, the title of this pod is absolutely going to be 52 weeks later, because this was a significant week in many ways, you know, 52 weeks after shutdown, and we can reflect on that and where we were a year ago, which was recording a podcast at, at, at your office, actually, just, oh, yeah. after, just yeah. after things kind of screeched to a halt. We were in a, we were um, in a secret room, that we were in a secret location, right? Unbelievable. Um, but a significant, I mean, first of all, significant couple of weeks. Last time we met, it was, I think, you know, right at the end of February break with Millie. Great pod. Shout out, Millie. Um, yeah. But uh, w- what a whirlwind it's been from, from every possible perspective, personal life, medicine, schools, uh, policy in the Commonwealth, a lot going on here. So, wow. Let's start with you, though. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. You know, I, I get, um, you know, work's good. Family's good. You know, I always like to see you frequently, if not talking to you <laughs> mostly every morning, which is nice. And um, I'm just, I'm just optimistic, you know, I'm just, uh, um, driving today thinking about you know where we were a year ago and how crazy it is and but you know that we are hopefully clawing our way back and um it's interesting i was we were i was actually driving on 128 today admiring the new you know the new exit signs right the new numbers and and a plane was flying overhead landing and you know going to hanscom and i always i'm always interested in the path they take and how they seem like they're actually going to miss hanscom you know airfield to take a hard right turn I was thinking about how nice it was to see a plane in the sky. Not that that's too unusual right now, but it just brings me back that people are maybe traveling more and getting out more, you know, for good and for bad. But there's life is trickling back, you know, a little bit. I feel like, uh, I mean, this week for me, at least for our family, the tide really felt like it shifted. Um, you know, I've been on the bully pulpit about the vaccination, I would say, sorry, catastrophe in Massachusetts, rolling it out to people who need it, right? Particularly yep. teachers and educators. Um, like many of my friends and colleagues who work with kids spent, you know, every morning, early morning, starting, I think the first week of March, trying to score appointments. Some people were getting lucky. Some people weren't Thursday morning. I was really like, this is crazy. I can't wake up at three o'clock every day and try to get a handful of CVS appointments. And then somehow Thursday morning, I was, they did a big vac, a mass vax dump, the, the, the last day of the old system. And I managed to grab appointments for Elizabeth and I for next weekend, got for four of my employees and my boss. And then over the course of the next phase, actually helped a few other people get a, a vaccine appointment. So I felt really good about that. So we're getting our first dose this Saturday at Gillette. Um, feel really positive about you know the the COVID bill that passed uh, and was signed by the president recently, which have a significant impact for folks that need help, and that's really inspiring and, and reminds us that government is actually good and can help people. And I firmly believe that. Um, had some nice weather this week, and uh, just uh, when and my wife's going to be starting a, a first grade teaching position next week, so a lot of like right. a lot of like good things kind of washed over me Thursday. I was really like uh, really emotional about it. So I was really entered the weekend. Uh, had election day yesterday in Bedford, and of course I won re-election because I was unopposed. And really so I had a, a fairly positive couple of days, which is a nice change because it's been a, it's been a long dark winter, but I do feel like uh, better times are coming. So that's really exciting. So it's big, a lot of big news, especially for you, yeah. with your, with your yeah. win, with yeah. Elizabeth's job. So when you get your vaccine, are you going to, you're going to post a picture with your guns out, with your big deltoid, you know, you're accepting uh, that vaccine? I'm with your tank top on? I'm probably not going to do that. I think it's, I mean, at this point, I mean, it's, I recognize that, you know, we are towards the, the front of the line and it's, it's unfair uh, it's quite unfair that there's you know people that can do things and people that can't do things and, and people kind of have to keep holding on and even if I get a first dose I have another month and a half and I think that's fine. So we're not, um, you're not going to show off your guns. You're not going to show off your physique. You're not going to yeah, go viral. I, I might. I don't know. It feels like I'm rubbing it a little bit, but um, I, I will say I'm excited. And I'm excited to keep helping people who, who are looking and uh, and that, that's that's a good work. A lot of folks are volunteering their time because they can sit in front of the computer and, and yep. see what sort of pops up here and there. Yeah. And um and that's pretty cool. So. 
But they, I saw they're yeah, opening feel- up big vaccination sites. That, you know, you're getting yours at Gillette, right? I mean, is that, yeah, is that I am. those are the teacher sites that are really trying to to push the um. The, 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 so yeah, I mean, they just uh, the governor has designated I think four or five Sundays coming up for educators uh, at the mass vac sites only. Um, people are still going to try to probably hop into CVS. Uh, this week's crop of CVS is the two dose, not the one dose, which is it's still great if you can get it. Um, yeah. But it's um, you know again c- compared to other states, uh, we're not we're not doing a really good job. Um, yeah. But but again, I think uh, the federal supply seems to be uh, coming, and um, and I think you know we're, we're looking. I'm looking at you know a, a late May um, or mid May when when everyone's going to start feeling really positive about things, which which is really good. And I'm also excited about Passover Day. Passover is coming less than two weeks, which is really quick. Um, but I'm getting ready and um, and not enjoying the clock change. You know, the savings time. You know, everyone sort of says, "What are we doing?" And I'm definitely in favor of. I, I don't care about seven. 30 a.m. sunsets and sunrises in winter. I'd rather have it light, you know, later on. So I feel like this happens every year and nothing changes. But it's interesting to see the, the bipartisan support for getting rid of it, including from, the, I think it was Marco Rubio and Mark and Ed Markey co-sponsoring uh, legislation, which does not happen that often, Dave, as you can probably imagine. I think we should focus on something else. Um, not, not us, but them in terms of the time. <laughs> but, uh, there we go. Really. Um, and, not, and also, also, also exciting. Have you been paying attention to Sal Freelich? I always pay attention to Sal, but but update me. I mean, I, mean, I, mean, yeah, I, so, so, I, I was focusing a little bit more on Chris Shaw and his, and his big trade to the Orioles. So, but. yeah, so Chris Shaw, of course, moving to, to, to Orioles camp, you know, probably right now in Norfolk and AAA. But our, our buddy Sal Freelich from BC, we had on probably about almost exactly a year ago, um, talking about how his baseball season was cut short and how the Cape League was not going to happen. So, you know, good news. For Sal. He, he's gotten 478 after 11 games already with four homers and four doubles. Um, and here, and here's the most recent scouting report I could find on him for this year's draft, right? And this is a record, not my words. This kid's legit. So he, this is the quote. I think Sal Felix's greatest attribute is his versatility, as well as some of the extraneous characteristics that lend well to a big league clubhouse. He's an accomplished hitter at the plate, and this type of profile can serve as a firecracker at the top of a big league lineup sooner rather than later. Not only will he provide some spark with the stick and in the grass, but he's also, he's the type of glue an organization needs when pushing for pennants. Freelick will likely need to showcase some of that burgeoning power to insert himself into the conversation at pick number 12, but he's a pretty good bet to go on day one. Crazy. So Shaw said top half of the first round last year. We threw yeah. that to Sal last year, and he's pretty humble. This kid's legit. He's going top 20. Who is um, our quote He's, having, is he's that having a monster, monster spring already. And he, and the, the, he had two home run games against Auburn. And Auburn is a powerhouse baseball team, Dave. So this is, this is, this is the real deal. Who is that quote from? Uh, I pulled it off. I read a bunch of scouting websites. I forgot yeah. which one it was. I should have asked, I should have attributed it. But That's then, okay. You know, no, we're, I was we're, we're not lying about Sal's upside. Sal's got significant no, upside. That's crazy. So that's later. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, he's 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 the real deal. We got they get better and better. That's awesome. Good thing. He's a great kid, great young man, and um, we know, we know he is, and we hope that he does well. And then uh, we have him back on the pod. He's he's. I think he's going to do well. Yeah. <laughs> so how does that right. how does that sound? And also, he, he is he has yet to make an error in his college career. Don't say it. So one full season, abbreviated sophomore season, and so far this year, zero errors in the field. So will he be a right fielder? Will he be a second baseman? He's a little bit short to be an outfielder, perhaps. But uh, Will he come to the first Seder? Who knows? Will he come to the first Seder? Will he come back on the pod? Yes, he will. It's very exciting. Very, very exciting. Good, good news. Good news. So check, check in on Sal. And I, I'll, pull, I'll pull the Shaw spring training stats a little bit when he gets more, some more at-bats under his belt, but that's pretty exciting, too. So. No, it's nice. He's like a little, he's a little closer to home, which is nice too. Yeah, Chris Shaw and uh, it's all good. All good. All right, Dave. So uh, I have an OK Dan section and an OK Geller section. What do you want to do first? OK Dan, OK Geller. I, um, this is like a, oh, this is the I'm, I'm renaming like the uh, the ask about school stuff and ask about medicine stuff. So OK Geller, ask me. You know, tell me about all right. this. All right. What do you want to do first? This, this, do, am, I, am I asking you questions? Do you have questions for me to ask you? I have you questions got... for you. I have oh, questions for oh, you. All right. Oh, yeah, shoot. Okay, Geller. Okay, okay. Geller. Okay, is Geller. there going to be a, is there going to be a, uh, what ages of kids are going to get vaccinations and when? Will 18 year olds get it sooner? Will 16 year olds start getting it? Will younger kids ever get it? What do you think? What do you hear? Well, when, I, when I was driving today and yeah. I was driving with Jen, my wife, and Geller. we were talking about, um, the numbers right now, right? Where we're at, you know, half a million, right? And she said, I remember when you said 
there's no way because like I couldn't comprehend it. There's no way we're going to hit a hundred thousand. You know, yeah. Fauci had yep. said two hundred, right? So yeah. and I keep saying I was wrong about a lot of things, right? And I I don't know if I if I just wouldn't accept it that it could be that bad, right? So, yep. so that, that's how I I always I always um you know preempt my uh, opinions here. But, <laughs> sure. But but your question is when will we get lower? I mean I think very quickly. You know I mean Pfizer's already already sixteen. You know Moderna's sure. eighteen. Um, I'm not sure J and J. I think might be 18. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure for that. Uh, I mean, I think they're going to lower it pretty quickly, at least on age 13, um, sure. because because I mean, I saw a 13 year old in the office was as big as an 18 year old. So um, sure. the question is, under 10, I think is really when's that going to happen? And what and what and what what makes the, what makes vaccines safe for 16 year olds and not for 12 year olds, for example? Is it just the dosage? Is it developmental stuff? You just the science is different. I don't understand. I think it's mainly dosage and immune response. Yeah. So younger kids sure. often get different doses of vaccines. Like in the old days, yeah. we used to give kids under three a half a dose of a of a flu vaccine. Um, and you yeah. know and um, and you know they get different doses of tetanus vaccine, for example, under age, yeah. you know, under certain ages. So the that's that's the big thing. I, I think it's going to work. The question is how much they need because you don't want to give them too much to have them have a reaction. So sure. yeah, so I, I, it is a good question. What what what's the difference between um, you know different ages? And what we know from different vaccines is what the booster dose does for you more as much as the, the dose itself. So when do you need that booster dose? And that's all from data of immunity and how long things last and how you boost it, you know, for the future. Um, so I think, so uh, yeah, I think that really it's gonna be safety and um, proven safety, which should be fine and dosing. And that's gonna, I think it's gonna happen very quickly. It's gonna, I, 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 get, I say quickly, I, I was saying, you know, I was thinking that we're gonna get most people, you know, have access to a, a vaccine, you know, adults, you know, 16 and up by, by the end, you know, by, by May. And it's kind of what's happening right now. And that, that I was just thinking about the huger, rollout of new vaccines like J&J &J and the available ones being produced more. So I'm, I'm optimistic. I mean, these studies have been going on now for the kids, you know, I think for a couple months or so. I mean, I think they're going to lower, lower the ages soon, and especially with the focus of getting the kids, you know, some kids vaccinated by the, by the start of school year. I don't know about kids, you know, under seven, five. I'm just throwing that out. Like, I don't, I don't think infants are on the docket for a while. So sure. I think it's going to be a lower age range. I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess to middle school for the summer. Great. Thank, great answer. I work, I, 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 I remain concerned about the, the surveys that say that um, significant numbers of adults are going to choose not to get the vaccine. So I would assume you would say to folks, uh, get your vaccine, please. It's just a great, I mean, that's just a, it's just a great, <laughs> no, it's a Puts great you on the question. Spot, buddy, right? You know, and I respect, I mean, I was, I'm not saying this to be politically correct. I respect people's decisions of what they do in a way. Um, but you're thinking about their health and then the, the global health. And that's where, you know, I mean, I'm just quickly thinking, you think back to the motorcycle helmet laws, right? And the seatbelt laws. And, and those, those, were, those were met with a lot of resistance, but those are more for the individual, you know? This is a lot also for the pub, you know, global public health. And, yep. and, you know, part of me says you, you need to get that vaccine the big thing is for yourself, and you also it's, you should get the vaccine for everybody else, and that's that's like with the flu vaccine in a way. But the flu vaccine isn't mandatory. It was for a short time, at least right in, in for the school system, but it's not mandatory for everybody. Maybe that should be too, but you can't make that. That's a, it, that's, a, it's a that's a tough thing. I think that I think that people should get the vaccine. I think it's safe, but I, it's it's um, tough to force on people. I think, you know. So that's a good. Equivocating answer. I like no, it. <laughs> that's a, I that's a good should, yeah, I, think people should, I think people should feel comfortable getting it. I mean, it's like if you don't immunize your yourself in general or your kids, I mean, you're risking them, yourself, of course, if you don't immunize yourself, and you're affecting, you know, the population. I I think people, you know, I think that you're you're you're, you're assuming a huge risk for the people that aren't vaccinating or vaccinated. Um, sure. And that's, it, but but it, but it's twofold, right? It's it's like it's like secondhand smoke, right? You're you're hurting yourself and you're hurting everybody around you, you know. So it's uh, you know, that's why people smoke outside now. If, you know, you're not going to hurt everybody else. So uh, it's a uh, the, the the bottom line is that they, people should get vaccinated. If, if but you know, um, I, I would agree. So we we will see how it goes. If if people are more enthusiastic, the more people get it, the more they see. Um, 
the world opening up again. So that's great. So I have another OK Gala question for you, but it's going to come, come a little back to some of the school talk. But Dave, have you seen what's been happening from an educational policy perspective recently? What have um, you as, noticed? As in, as, in, as in today or last as the, week? As I mean, the Commonwealth. As the, yeah, I mean, what's you, happening in the Commonwealth? Well, I'm going to say, OK, OK, Dan, you speak to that. Cause okay, that's a fair, Dan. No, because you, no, you're, you're in the thick of that, and, I, and, and, I'm, and I'm happy oh, to, uh, to, to, to uh, bounce, have, bounce off. What, what, a, what a time we are living in, my friends. I think last time we potted, it was in between two of our meetings when we had approved the K-5 to return. The commissioner had talked about you know, getting kids back. And then uh, Tuesday morning last week, commissioner says, all right, guys, five-day full return, K to five, April 5th, five-day full return, middle school, April 28th, five-day full return, high school, sometime in May, which sent everybody, as you can imagine, into various degrees of uh, planning and, 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 and saying yes and, and or saying no. <laughs> Fascinating case study in, in districts and leadership and, and, and attitudes. Um, you know, we over here in Bedford were, I would say, pr primed and ready to move on that uh, in the short term. So I think we're going to look at, you know, what, what does five days look like at our next meeting and, and probably pivot to five days in April. And then because of how it works with our staffing structures and schedules, the high school, middle school, we'll probably bring back the middle school kids and the high school kids full time early. Um, you know, some, sometime in April also, or, or April the 28th. So, so much has changed so quickly. The commissioner also came out really, really heavy with data about three feet and six feet and how if you have ventilation and masking and other hand washing and, 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 hair, and air filters, three feet is as safe as six feet. And I think we've been on the way to see that. And I think it is fairly compelling. And that layered on top of the fact that the pool testing is showing barely if any asymptomatic spread or shed. Um, should give us you know, more confidence to say that schools are safe. Um, and I think, I think we feel that way. And I think that we're excited and families who still feel like they're at risk can remain home for the rest of this year. I think that's wonderful, um, but this is gonna happen. Um, and you can say what you want about the commissioner's style, which was um, top heavy and not collaborative. You can say what you want about the governor throwing the teachers unions under the bus about vaccines, which he has been doing. All that is sort of on the side. Um, I think we're just excited that um, we're going to be able to get kids back in buildings. Um, I would say most kids are excited. Uh, most teachers are on board. Um, and it, it's just a big step towards feeling a little bit normal again, although we will be wearing masks and doing things a little bit differently. But uh, it's amazing how much has changed in the past four weeks in this front. And um, fascinating to be sort of in the middle of it, um, but really working together with, with, you know, with our faculty and with our leadership and with families. And um, it's been very inspiring, honestly, to to see where we're going no, i think i think it's Huge. good stuff you know you think you think about um like it, it, this is the same my same answer this would be you know it's complicated right it, you know one thing we the, the science now the data is showing that it's schools are, are, are safe and it, it can be done safely and but still some people won't accept that science totally and there's still you know people's you know concerns and you know worries and fears which you have to respect but the big, but the big picture is what we know now. I mean, we were looking at a lot of data six months ago, nine months ago, like we flipped from Desi, right? With you know some studies that were showing this and that, but they weren't great studies. There wasn't a lot of information out there. We have a lot more information now, and the information yeah. very, very um, you know positive that schools are very safe. And it's interesting. Well, like, a big, big caveat though, Dave. I would say that you know the, the schools in, in in districts where there are fewer kids. And can afford to take all the precautions are safe and from an equity yeah, okay. issue it's yes, very clear that, that yeah like you know yes. there's a lot of privilege in this conversation and people say listen the, the, the richer districts can do this but you know the bostons yeah. can't even do three feet if everybody's back so you really it really is it is exacerbating inequity which which is a hundred percent true right so then we then as a value discussion like how much does an individual town school committee have to weigh that in their decision making i mean it's really not up to us to talk about statewide equity it's about our kids but we have to acknowledge that it's out there and it's um and the and the unions we're looking at for all their members are saying not everyone lives in carlisle or bedford or lexington we have teachers in chelsea and boston for whom it is not going to be as safe and you got to deal with that reality and that's why those folks are going to have a waiver and not be not have yeah. to go back full-time in person yeah. because it's not the same situation in larger cities or towns with older buildings and, and not ventilation who can't afford the air filters despite the funding that's coming. And that, that's that got to be named and talked about as a challenge. And, and it will remain a challenge because of school funding. 
You know, that's the point of qualify. Exactly. If you can do yes. it, if you can do it, things um, right, it's, it's a very safe environment. So yeah, exactly. But, sure. but, the, but, the, but, the, but, the, but yeah, but the things that you mentioned, are, uh, they're showing is more, are more important, the masks, the ventilation, um, the hygiene, not as much the, the spacing in a way, you know, and that, but again, it's, if you can do it right, it's safe, but you're, it's safe. For, it's, it's way safer Safe than you thought. And we have, now the thing is we have the, unfortunately, you know, we're so far into this, but we have the, we have, we're getting more information now, you know, from, from these, you know, that we have yeah. great studies now coming out that shows that there is a science and you can, you can rest your, you can, you can base stuff on that better now. We have a yeah, little I'm more. Feel good about it. Yeah. So. Yes, I mean, I, I think we'll be wearing masks for a while through the summer, you know, probably in the fall in the schools. It's fine. Well, well, I think, I think people was, have gotten used to it, you know. Yeah, I think masks are here. here um, but it was, it's, but it's nice, not, you know, not that, you know, you, you can say, okay, it's all, you know, we, we now we're, we're free to do whatever we want, but it's nice when the CDC, who I do, you know, uh, value their, their recommendations and their guidelines, you know, are talking about, you know, if you are vaccinated, who, who you can actually see a little more comfortably now, you know, their yep. you know, families can see other, their family members, even if someone's been vaccinated and other members haven't been in the same household. I mean, there's a lot, it's giving us, it's giving us a bigger cushion now. It's not going to be perfect, but it's giving us a yep. bigger cushion to get back to a little more normal. And if, if normal means having a mask on when you're out in public, let that Fine. be. You know, I'm in. I'm all the way. I love feel it. free, you, you know. know. I can I can mouth things and frown and glare. No one really knows what's happening under there. Yeah, my I saw my dad on Friday. He's like he's he's like, he was three days away from eleven days from his second dose. He's like I'm, I'm going to Whole Foods next week. I'm like yeah, Ben, rock yeah. and roll. <laughs> and as we get um, more information, as the you know as the data comes out on how long these vaccines last, that's one of the big questions, right? Ninety days, whatever. So I think I think I think there's a lot. I'm always I'm very optimistic, and people talking again about the variant and how long the vaccines last and. You know, as we get more information, it's going to be, we're going to know it's okay. I hope. And, yeah. you know, and uh, so I think it's uh, a lot of good things on the horizon right now. We definitely, yeah. this is, this is, a, this is a, I mean, you can't put words to it, right? This is a major deal, but we're, we're making yes. a little headway finally. I agree. Um, and I mean, th th this is a somewhat controversial topic and, and I am sensitive to people's, to, to, to how people feel about it. And, and you know, this one, I mean, a, a lot of the justification for bringing kids back was, was mental health. And you know, I talked to our counselors in, in the meetings. I'm like, you know, can, can you can you can you separate out sort of the fear and anxiety about just the pandemic in general that impacts people and families, um, versus you know the impact of not being in school. And I, I just caution everyone when they think that returning to school is going to solve everyone's sort of stress and anxiety in the midst of what's still a pandemic. I I, I think it's going to be helpful. I do not think that kids back in school is going to be a snapback and, and solve any challenges that, that kids and, and teachers and parents are experiencing. So just an important qualifier. And plus, I mean, we, we just say like schools are not, uh, you know, de facto or de jure mental health service providers. They're a part of a system which supports families and kids, but it's not really what schools are there to do. And we could talk about how that's true or not true, but it's, I, I just caution people that, that are relying on the reopening of school to solve um, issues for, you know, for, for kids or for themselves. And it, it's not going to be that easy and clean. I don't think, you know, do you have an opinion on that? I'm trying to still translate the French that you were using. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Um, yeah. It's a piece. I mean, it's, it's a piece. It, it, some kids, it will be the piece. Um, yep. A lot of kids and families it will be a piece. I mean, there's a lot, yep. there's a lot of things going on in, uh, you know, that affecting these kids and, you know, just baseline, you know, just what goes on with the young adult, you know, young adults, adolescents, middle schoolers, anybody on a given day, this is just added an ad additional stress that is not helping um, them and their families. And so I think that you're exactly right. It's not going to be, a, for, again, I think for some kids, it'll, it could be it, just beautiful, and, but, yep. you know, for families, but it's, but it, it's not going to be cut and dry with everybody. And it's, so it's a good point, but it does it show it, well, it's, not, it's, shows, not, it's also not going to hurt. So I feel no, like exactly. That's the thing. It's, it's, be, it's a great I mean, step for everybody, but if a kid is struggling it, it may not just solve all those problems. I mean, even knowing, like, at least take home, home, you know? even knowing where we live in Lexington, that our kids, you know, K to five are as of now going back, just, you know, clear up a little brain space and you know me and jen's minds you know and just sure. and we haven't popped the champagne yet but there's gonna be a <laughs> it just it just takes that it's just it's like it's like when you're taking care of your kids all day long not me maybe but jen and she just knows that like in half now i'll be home from work 
and I'm gonna help. I'm gonna help out a little bit, right? Just knowing that 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 there's a light there, you know, a little help is gonna is is mentally helpful. I think that I think just just this move forward a little bit. Oh yeah, I mean for for families yeah. and and just yeah. life, it's it's yeah. huge. Of course it is. Of course it. But it is. also shows what you're um, saying too. It shows it shows. I mean, two twofold. One that the huge part that schools, teachers, counselors, sports, everything, you know, companionship, friendship has in people's lives, how important the school is to the community, but also that yeah. it's not all on the schools, right? It, it, it's, it's, this big, it's this big picture and it's all interwoven. Yeah. And just like talking about going back to school and the virus and spacing and mass, there's, it's just not, it's just so many things that weave into it. And it just shows the value you know, what the schools bring to the community and the power and, and the, of, of teachers and everybody in, in the administration. But it, it's not, but it's not all on their shoulders, but they're a piece of it, right? Well, it's, it's, it's a, big, a big piece of that. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be able to talk to Yeah, it's a huge piece. And I think yeah. um, even yesterday at election day, I mean, part, part of the, part of the greatest part of the day was just actually just being around people. Isn't it great? I mean, I hadn't seen people in a year. I'm like, Whoa! Hey, man! Like, great to see you. What's up? Like, let me catch up in person. It was one. It was a beautiful day. Um, yeah, you said there was some nice, nice uh, photo, family photos of you guys. For all yeah, five so you, you could you could check the Dan Brosco Twitter feed and 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 uh, Facebook to see a picture of James doing the Bernie Sanders pose uh, in, a, in a chair. Outside, oh, I thought that was that was I thought, I thought that was James, and I thought it was Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> you thought Elizabeth was Bernie Sanders for a diet. <laughs> You know, and, and, and I think I think Bornstein, Mark Bornstein, is is um opened up an investigation into how many of sure, your family voted, voted for you. Digital, you know? for, forensic metadata investigation of those yeah. photos. Five kids. All right, five we have, have, all right, we got. Um, I know that you're on a schedule, so we have a, we have I'm a good. point I really want to I really want to get to. Really, it. really want to get to. Let's do it. So, uh, you have you have it in front of you. I'm pulling it up right now. All right. All right. All right. So I'll, I'll ask the first question. Okay. And the second question to give you time. So I, my question for you, number one is how do you intersect with olives? Like how do I interact with them at, at a dinner party? Like conversation wise? Yeah, like uh, if you see olives, like what's your experience with olives? 2020 question one. What, what's, what's the situation with you and olives? You pro olive, you anti olive, you olive. So, so we should always, we should always intro these 2020s where these are just random questions. You random questions. With, or Bornstein yeah. comes up with, or someone came up with. That's right, true. That's true. That, that I am not prepared for. Um, so I, I did to, send you the list up. It's your question. I did. I just look, and I'm looking at it right now. So I used to not like olives at all, uh, especially black olives, um, yes. because they remind me of um, pieces of ants. Little ant bodies, so I never. Oh, okay, them. sure. So, fat ants. Yeah, and I've seen some fat ants in my life, so that's what. I mean, some big old. I've just seen some big old ants. Okay, so, and and how, and how are you that, now with them? You that, would them? that would scare you. That would scare you. Um, so then I kind of warmed up a little bit to the green ones, the little red things in the middle there, the pimentos, whatever. Warmed up a little bit, but I uh -huh. actually don't mind olives now, especially on pizza or. Like black olives are mixed or, or cooked things, especially because how Jen makes them and Dave Landis makes them. That I I actually enjoy olives now. I'm really happy for you. And you, Dan. Okay, Dan Olive. How, so it's funny. How do you it's funny it, uh, I I had a shorter answer. I said uh, I'm saying I'm generally positive on olives, with, except that I hate the green ones stuff with the pimento. I can't stand those. I think they're gross. So I'll I'll do like the canned olives or like the the kalamata or like the mixed container from trader joe's and i'll throw olives in like shakshuka so i'm i'm, I'm pro olive yeah. most of the time and that's how only, i feel about that i would only have olive probably on something i wouldn't be eating them on their own i'm not like i don't i do not like olives on pizza that's a hard no for me all right and dave question two is also for you do you know because evacuation day is is wednesday you know what do you know what it commemorates or when it is i just told you when it is you know what evacuation day is well evacuation day technically is isn't it on, on um it's on um St. Patrick's Day, right? It is the same day, just March because, 17th. Because they, what, do, what does it commemorate? Well, I think because they St. Patrick's Day wasn't really being wasn't being um, couldn't really be acknowledged as a holiday, so they kind of applied the evacuation day so they could make it a holiday. <laughs> um, and it's when the British left left um, like that area, like like Bunker Hill area, and it was when the British left town. Didn't they evacuate? Is that what they did? Well, George Washington and the Continental Army occupied Dorchester Heights. Um, with cannons that were captured at Fort Ticonderoga by Ethan Allen, uh, and then threatened the ships in the harbor, and the British fleet had to retreat to Nova Scotia. So it was, it was the Washington's first victory of the war, and was really a morale boost for the rest of the revolution. So yeah. that is Wednesday, and it was a it was a it's a holiday in Suffolk County, and I think yeah. 
I think it's now become a not paid holiday for for, for municipal or state employees in Suffolk County or something. But uh, happy evacuation day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Corn beef is on sale. We have a lot. All right, Dave. Question three. All right. Number three for you. Dan, what is your favorite Boston area tourist attraction, museum, or historical place? Swan boats. Swan boats. Swan boats. Yeah. Number one. How about you? Ah, good one. Uh, well, I I do enjoy walk going down to Faneuil Hall and walk walk and then walking on the you know down by the wharf by Rose Wharf. I do you like that. You like enjoy. the uh, Christopher Columbus Park there, looking on the harbor. Well, even before that, I just like you know even before when it, when it used to be the, when the when the um when the elevate when the elevated uh you know when ninety three was running through the expressway, I still didn't mind it. Like oh. I just like walking down to the water, but I like I think Faneuil Hall is is a cool take. You know, just park park. Actually, the whole. I enjoy kind of parking at the common, walking down, sure, down through like the courthouse area or the, or the government center, and then getting down to um, you know Faneuil Hall and seeing some outdoor entertainers, doing some shopping, eating, okay. yeah, good times. Hall. Do you think? Do you think that you're good at finding parking places downtown? Are you like a talented parker? I was. I was a really good parker. I was a really. really? I was, what, what, I was, give, 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 give me like one one Geller like parking nugget, you know. Well, I was really that good. Not, that does not involve getting like the MGH parking because you're a doctor. Another, another that, one. Right? That and the, and, the, and the long walk from from that garage to, to yeah. the Celtics game. Right? Yeah, oh my yeah. god! I mean, um, no, I was really good about, about parking around the commons. I was really like you know find a space down there. Um, sure. But then they changed the they changed a lot of the spaces to, to um, either meters or yep. not meters, but they did to like local parking. I was really good yep. at that. I, yeah, and also parking around Harvard Square, I was really good about circling. Finding, I mean, I I put I put a Yui, I put a Yui on what the street right right where the Orpheum is, right? You know, when you take a right by. Oh yeah, like Boylston. Uh, I've I've turned I I've seen a space the other way on that road, which is like pretty busy traffic. I put a Yui in yeah. space back right in. You know. Yeah, you did. So also, yeah, you did. I'm awesome. I'm just gonna say this quickly. All right, or slowly. I'm, I'm is, ready. Let's not shaking your it, finger, man. I'm nervous. Yeah, no, because I, I love driving in Boston. I love driving in city traffic. But my dad, when he taught me how to drive in his Lincoln Town car in Maine, right? The big <laughs> yeah. black beauty. He he had me parallel park on the left side of the road, too. So so I learned how to parallel park on both sides <laughs> of the street in this big town car. <laughs> Like parking facing the oncoming traffic, like going well, uh, well, if you're in a one-way street, right? You can see, oh, yeah, you can park. Sure, sure. So, so I can. I was, I'm really good at just like whipping into a space, you know. Wow, I, I once found a park. I'm not even kidding you. Um, I was in college, and it was July 4th. I drove downtown, and I got a parking spot like either like it was like at the corner of Newbury and Mass Ave at like 7 p.m. on July 4th. I'm like, how the hell did I get this spot? You know, there's a half a million people in the Esplanade. And that spot was there for me. And, and I think, I mean, I used to think I was a really good parker. I think I'm, I'm losing my touch a little bit. Um, but maybe, you know, also not been downtown a lot recently. So, uh, Man, yeah. you, did you take James out driving at all when he was teaching about power park? You know, because they teach him this whole different way when your bumper hits the this, uh, your back door. I don't know. I, I never, I just took him driving. I didn't teach him park. I thought the driving school to handle the parking. Yeah. It's all feel. It's all, I mean, it's yeah. tough in Boston, right? When you got, you got a guy, two cars, three cars behind you waiting for you to pull in, you got to pull in quickly, right? You got to get done. Yeah. Right. I don't mind that. I'm fine with Boston. I know how to get around. You know, I'm a map guy. All right. Um, Dave, all right, I got one for you. What, yeah, what, I, I got one for you. You want to do them before? Okay. Yeah. I ask you, you which you Star Trek or Star Wars? Which is your Wars. baby? Wars. Star Wars. You? Um, I, I'm gonna go with Star Trek, but not I the recent ones. I thought you might. Yeah. I'm yeah. not the Tell recent you ones. I mean, I grew I grew up in the old ones, and, and I really loved the ones. I, I I really enjoyed um you know the ones with um Shatner in it with the, the yeah. boots, and I enjoyed the Next Generation a little bit too. You know, so, so you like all you watch the series, not just the movies, right? Yeah, the like series. series yeah, like the movie, the, like you like the original Wrath of Khan, right? Search for Spock. There you go. The whales, you like that? Yeah. The whales was kind of weird. There was a little whales was a little bit weird, but yeah, there are movies that like we owned as a kid that I would watch. So we owned the Star Trek Whales one. I became like really familiar with it. So that's a special place in my heart, you know. But I would say, I mean, on balance, like the the the, the um, their Star Trek mo movies are all pretty good the same cannot be said for all the star wars movies but just like the wars for me is is more i would say compelling uh along those same along those same lines what's a movie that you once thought was great 
but now you realize actually kind of sucks. I would say any movie from you know? the 80s would be one of those movies. <laughs> um, like, like, like classic 80s movies, like, like Say Anything? Or like, uh, no, like Twins. Or, or like, twins uh, was pretty bad. Oh, twins was not. Yeah, yeah, it was. Overboard. Yeah, yeah. We were overboard. We were like, let's watch Overboard. It'd be great with the girls years ago. I'm like, this yeah. movie is awful. Um, you? So I, speaking of that one, I, I, my original thought was uh, A Few Good Men, which I thought was a great, great movie when I was a kid. I watched them like, really? Like, no, it's not. But I just, but no, and, and because the, the, the Coming from America sequel came out, I went back and I watched ah. the original, and I went back and I watched the original again. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't really laugh that much. And when I was a kid, I, like, I think we all thought it was like the funniest movie ever made. And I don't, I don't think that it is anymore. So it kind of, it kind of, <laughs> kind of got less good over the last, over the past thirty years, I would say. So a few it's good men, good. definitely, and coming to America also has kind of been, um, you know, under uh, overrated over time, in my perspective. Not the funniest movie ever made. I'll give you Did that. you like it? Were you, were you coming from America fan? I mean, I enjoyed it. It wasn't like these, you know, it was a movie. Back then, movies just, just filled time. You know, they didn't, we didn't look at them for any, you know, any, um, you know. You'd also always go to the movies, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to go twice a month. And now it's like, remember when that happened? I go like once a year and now like never. <laughs> I'm going oh, yeah. uh, All right, Dave. Nike, uh, question six. Nike, Adidas, or Under Armour? What do you got? You to pick one. Um, bah, I'm going with Nike. Why? Just, um. Again, just it's just, just from my from my childhood, you know, I, I, I just uh, the the swoosh, the sneaks, the Michael Jordan, the uh, my first my first set of cross trainers, the Andre Agassi cross trainers were Nike. Love yeah, those there you go, Agassi. Um, yeah, yeah. Under Armour to me is just is just a it's just like a like a style and a, you know whatnot. So I I just there's no I mean it's Nike Nike was a sneaker first to me and then became everything else. Under Armour is just true out there. How about you? Um, I, I mean, I have a lot of Under Armour stuff. I say Adidas. Adidas actually, I feel like it makes me look skinnier. Like the, stri- <laughs> the stripes actually, I feel that's like a good point. That's a make me. Point. I think I I feel slimmer, and I'm not slim. I feel slimmer in Adidas. I feel like you know, big in Under Armour because it's supposed to feel like you're kicking some ass. Um, but I'm Adidas. I think I, I look I look better in Adidas. That's what I think. People so could disagree. To- so the Adidas, the the old and maybe now new those those old Adidas sweatpants, like the black ones, the shiny ones in a way with the three stripes on the side. Of course, I got red, I got red. multiple pairs. Yeah, those that, that was those, that was a great that's a great that's a powerful pair of pants. So that just makes it feel good. <laughs> there we Man. go. Oh my, I love that. I mean, I, when I was in college, I got in the hall had a pair, an Adidas sweatsuit, and I used to always go out and wear it. Like, yeah, you did. Doing do you that, remember? Man. Do you remember? I mean, this you you were too old, but when I was in college, um. That was like peak, the the tearaway pants that they wore. So like they had the snaps to the side because yeah. when you, if you were an NBA player, you'd like tear off the snaps and throw the pants on the floor. So I had the tearaway Adidas snap pants. And I thought like I'm really cool now, and that was not cool. Which actually speaks like, which is, comes up a little bit later in question number eight. Um, but David, if you could question seven, uh, if you could if you could ever hike Mount Everest. Would you? Would you ever hike no. Mount Everest if no. you give me the opportunity? Yeah, me no. neither. No. no, never. How about another tall mountain like like, like Denali? No, or that's also kind of. So you're you're like I'm good with like Mount Washington. If you like, said a, you're not going to die of hypothermia, or fall off the yeah. mountain, or die of a heart attack. Yeah, but I, I actually went to a medical conference one time, and the speaker at the conference was one of those guys, the guy that walked into the um that was lost on Everest and kind of walked into the tent that thought he he had died, you know. Days later, yeah, he walked yeah. walk into the base camp, like, you know, days later, and the guy spoke, and he had no nose, no fingers, and I'm like, Ugh. nah, nah, no thank you. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. Okay. All right. If, if, um, if you, if something, tell me, something you can't believe you ever wore and might <laughs> never be cool again. When I was in seventh, sixth grade or seventh grade, my, my good friend back then, Jeff Gaffey, he was much, much cooler than me, and he was really into, like, like trendy, like, cardigans. But you buy like Tellos, you know, or Marshalls, because that yeah. was what the cool kids wore when they were eleven. Yeah. And I went like all in, like on like the cardigans, you know, the big open neck, the couple of buttons, and that was me at eleven. And that that's never going to happen again for me. I don't know if it's even to come back around a little bit. And if it did, I would not say yes. So cardigan sweaters for me, huh. the, the two the nineteen eighty nine ninety like teenage style with the colorful patterns, like the leather on them, like this is a little <laughs> bit much. It's a little I bit like much. That. 
Yeah, you do not like it. <laughs> I would have to say anything that was velour. I had a lot of velour. <laughs> yeah, you up. did. <laughs> I mean, and, but like, wasn't it wasn't it much the material? It was the colors. It was like light brown on dark brown on maroon. You know, I stripes. You love that. Yeah. So I I would say the uh, and I yeah never cool. It wasn't cool then. It was just it didn't help. <laughs> you just had it <laughs> exactly. Did you buy it yourself or was like your parents like you, you should? Oh be my mom! Door, David. My mom was shot for me. My mom would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I told you we used to go every summer before the school year. We'd go down to Levitsky's, which was the yeah. The, you did the, tell me that. You know, <laughs> my mom would buy me every every color of the rainbow of corduroy pants. You know, and oh, I would just yeah, like, that's bad news. Light green, dark green. My mom was my mom was a good shopper. She just loved shopping. She probably still is. She probably still is. She is a good shopper. Yeah. Speaking we of shopping, this, Dave, what's that? Go ahead, go ahead. No, we won't make this another Roz pod, another Rod pod, another Roz Gala podcast. <laughs> Not a Roz pod. <laughs> She's coming on soon. Uh, Dave, what do you? This is an important question for our listeners. What do you prefer, a falcon or a dolphin, and why? Falcon or dolphin? You, to me, you, it's an obvious answer. I'm going with dolphin. Definitely, but why? Why would you go with dolphin? I don't know. Like, they're intelligent, not that falcons aren't. Sorry, any falcons out there that didn't mean to offend you. you they're, they're kind of fun to caress, that funny skin. They're shiny. <laughs> they talk skin. to you. I don't know. You can swim with them. Can't fly with a falcon. You can't no, you you can't fly with a falcon. You can swim with a dolphin. Dolphin skins, as you know, very famous in the Torah. Dolphin skins in the tabernacle, but they're really dolphins though. Hmm. Um dolphins, dolphins can and do save people's lives. Easy answer. Not unlike Elizabeth Brosko on one of the earlier podcasts, but nothing. No, uh, episode two, how to save a life. Good memory. Nice. But which job, which buddy. one? Did, which which one could administer everything easier, a falcon or a dolphin? That's the question. I think that the talons of the falcon are more adept to to jump in that epi, syringe epi, than the dolphin. Yeah. So if you need an epipen injection, falcons falcons your, is your animal, animal of choice. But in dolphin. a non epipen situation, I'm going dolphin. All right, Dan. Number ten. Question ten. We're halfway there. Handwriting. How is your handwriting, and do you think you can make it better? My handwriting is average, and I think I could probably get better, but it would probably not last for long. I lapse back into being really bad. There are times I try to write well, and then I'm like, I'm done within seconds, and I'm like, yeah, no, terrible handwriting. Yeah. I I don't even I don't even know your handwriting. I'm I'm going to assume it's not very good, Dave. Is that right? So we just I was talking to this to Carissa in the office about this a couple of weeks ago, and she remembers when I used to write the charts um, in by hand, and she would <laughs> she would and she would see a patient and she would say, uh, "So Dr. Geller's plan is I have no idea." So she said, "I can't even read what he wrote," and she would come ask me, and she would say, "What do you write here?" And I said, "I got no idea. My handwriting is atrocious. It starts off really good, and then the fatigue sets in." Yeah, couple, couple things. That what, I'm a lefty. What, what do you hand? What do you even handwrite anymore? Like what now do you I just write? Sign. I might sign like a script, maybe. Um, yeah, but like, if, do when you actually sit down and write things down on paper? Do you write letters? Do you write checks? You I mean, what do you actually handwrite? Yeah, checks maybe. Not that much, right? Notes, yeah. notes. I, mean, I write minimal. My handwriting is horrendous. Um, it's not again. It's not yeah. good. I have quick, quick hand fatigue. My, my, I smudge everything with my, with my, my right in my left hand. Um, yeah, it's a mess. Thank goodness. Well, that's right. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. Handwriting, we're not, 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 not our strong suit handwriting. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Um, Dave, what's your go-to category on Jeopardy or Trivial Pursuit? Like when it comes up, you're like, yeah, I got this. Like what do you, what is your trivia content area of particular a, expertise? Uh, I would, I would say Bah, anything related to kids, I would say pop culture, kids. pop culture, pop culture. Pop, is really, really pop culture. Really good, yeah. yeah it's really broad, though. Cross, I know I cross a lot of lines with that. You know, I'm easy to say medicine, but I, you know, medicine, but, but yeah, pop culture, you know, movies, music. See, I always feel like I know about movies, and then I go to trivia nights, and the movie questions are always like things I have no idea about. It's like, oh, who won this Oscar? And I'm like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. No idea. So me, it's definitely. What's yours? Me, it's it's like geography or like like geography, 100%. But you're you're like a map guy. You're like a map man. There we go. That's why. How about sports? I would think sports would be your thing. That's what I mean. I'm probably better at geography. Like, I don't know about like tennis and auto racing and golf. Like sports is very broad. I know about some sports. No, I know a lot, of, a lot about geography. You know what I mean? There's a big difference there. So, or I think I do and probably don't. Is that fair? That's probably fair. Yeah, but if you, if you talk to someone who knows sports, right? And they'd be like, yeah, I know baseball, basketball, football. But then you're like, 
I mean, no, I don't want to offend anybody on here. Like auto racing, like I saw, you know, auto racing, you know, a Newcomb, you know, real croquet. Like, like, <laughs> like, 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 what do you like with um with geography? There's got to be some stuff too. They'd be like, so what's the deepest crevasse in the Atlantic Ocean? You know, yeah. You I just think I know more about general geography, like than general sports. I know about some sports. I can talk about basketball and soccer and baseball and football. I know, I know about like you know world world sport you know you know way more about um wisconsin than lori alper so. i know more i know more about the population of madison than lori alper lori alper i've talked to i've talked to lori a lot recently it's been good chat with lori talking about uh, election stuff and school stuff so shout out lori shout out everybody uh, who's ever been on the pod dave have you ever seen the miss have you ever seen the mississippi river in person like from river level have you been at the mississippi river no like i'm no i you me know neither. I never no, been either. No. no. St. And Louis, Minneapolis. No, no, no. no. And, the mighty Androscoggin, a little bit narrower than the mighty Mississippi. Have you ever right, flown yeah. over? You, you must have flown over the Mississippi. You've flown to California, right? No. Have you ever flown over the Mississippi? Maybe no. you haven't. Maybe, maybe you haven't. The farthest no. west, the farthest west I've ever been is Dallas. Is Dallas? Texas. Dallas has got to be west of the Mississippi River. So maybe Texas I. Is, I think you flew, you must have flown over the Mississippi. I must have flown over. Okay, Dallas. that's about it. But I'm down going to California. I mean, you, I, but you don't remember seeing the Mississippi River. That's I, all I'm saying to you. I, I, I never seen it. I have flown over it, but I don't think. Tom I've Sawyer, done. Huck Finn. I saw it in that movie. There was Mississippi River. Um. Yeah, you flew over the Mississippi River because the, the the Mississippi River is east of Dallas. Just so we're clear. Okay. Uh, right. Question number thirteen. I mean, let, let me ask you the question. You are going to ask me the question when you when you watch YouTube videos. <laughs> do you watch dan brosco someone asked me in the office someone asked me in the office why do you call him dan brosco i'm like that's his name pronounce his name wrong <laughs> uh actually the kids the kids don't know you the kids don't know you as mr dan, mr. dan. yeah well some kids don't know mr dan some kids do are um, uh, you too uh i go in phases like I, I was watching like like Russian dash cam videos for a while, like car crashes in Russia, which are just crazy, which then leads into like just general fails of like people doing stupid stuff. Um, what I've been watching recently, Dave, is the the, the, um, the Australian Today Show, like today, but like the Australian version. Yeah, like they're really funny, and they always like do these little like silly innuendo jokes. So you can do like highlight blooper reels of australia today and that's been what i've been watching recently so i think that those are like three three good answers and i'm sure that there's more i'm sorry did you did you say yeah I, what i said i said what i said no 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 what am i going to ask you when you said what you said russian crashes what the heck is that yeah google russian russian, russian da dash cam video it's like People just driving or just like general dash cam videos. Like, oh, yeah, and then you see those horrendous crashes. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, oh like, like, relax. You're like, oh, and then, and then, like, you know, wait for it. You know, and the motorcycle guy goes flying in the air over yeah, and over yeah, again. Yeah, that, right? that stuff is like, uh, it's interesting to watch. So, no, I was watching one day on YouTube. This is not my answer, but a kid in the office was talking about his drone. And he's like, he's like, yeah, drone oh, racing. Yeah, yeah. I was watching yeah. drone racing with this kid in the office one day. That's that is ridiculous. So, YouTube videos, ridiculous. probably the most, the most thing I watch in a YouTube video sometimes is like actually a throwback music video. I'm like, oh, you got to see this old music video from so and so. This is up how bad it was now i i don't other than that like i don't do i do that too like what give me an example like i don't know like um lover boy the kid is hot tonight you know or or devo <laughs> whip it you know you gotta you gotta see this video it's or 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 if we're watching <laughs> we're watching american idol and i'm like you gotta watch you gotta watch um Lionel richie all night long dancing <laughs> oh, on the man. ceiling like oh my god, god this old. is awful oh, you can have a whole segment on mtv videos because i am like a where we will it's like on friday i was um Friday, I, I just put on a YouTube playlist. But I just I, I watched uh, or listened to the Joshua Tree uh, on YouTube, and I'm like, those. Which I think this is sort of using a future a future question. Uh, but the first first three songs, the Joshua Tree, are just some of the best songs of all time. Good, so, great, great, great album. Great for great listening album. to music. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, Dave, how do you feel about succulents or baby cacti? Are they are they one of the same? Are they like related? No, well, I mean, uh, no, I think every cactus is a succulent, but not every succulent is a cactus. You know what I mean? Well, if we're do you know what a succulent? Do, do do you know what a succulent is? I think I've eaten one with our friends, but I'm not quite sure what it is. <laughs> um, are the baby cacti cute? 
<laughs> you know, I mean, they kind of have as a potted plant. I don't, um, I don't know. If, I actually have a little baby cacti, I guess, you know, but the little prickly. Yeah, you do. I did. So I don't know. I, 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 if you got me one for a present in a pot, I would put it on my desk. You should. Um, but little little not, baby succulents are really good, like pet plants that don't need a lot of watering, right? My old so place of employment, my old place of employment had these little succulents all over the place. I actually named one Dan Broskel, and it was very, very exotic. And I just bought my wife, I just bought my wife a succulent, a little tiny one for her desk at work. Um, and I said, oh, we should give it a name like Sally Succulent or like Steve, because it's alliterative. And she goes, no, I'm going to call it Norm. And I was like, why are you going to call it Norm? She's like, because we're going back to normal. I'm like, that's a really, really good name for a succulent. Like Norm for normal, kids in the class, succulent, there it is. And I'm like, you, you win, great idea. I'm sorry, so, so this, this is like the milk topic, which we're going to later on, but pet, plant, pet and plants, that just doesn't make any, how can you have a, what are you talking about? Who's naming their pet plants? I mean, but having said who's that, not, who's not naming their pet plants? Feel, and I actually have a feeling on this too that you know everything's alive, right? And everything's got feelings. And plants are plants are definitely alive. This goes back. <laughs> this goes back to that famous Star Trek episode when they land on the planet and they were cutting through the vines. Remember that one? And nope. and and on the and when they hit the vine, they were cutting and they heard ow ow, and they're like what. What is this? And they're cutting, and then, and then, you know, then that that random guy from the landing party got lasered and went away, like they always do. But then they, but Kirk and and Sulu and and Spock and Bones were all like taken into um, jail by the inhabitants of this planet because they were they were putting on, being put in trial for killing the plants because the plants they lived at one with the plants. People have you know, think I always think that you know because plants have feelings, right? So I guess you can name your you can name your your pet cacti Norm. Take it for a walk. Was well, that an original Star Trek or a Star Trek Next Generation? Wait, original Star Trek. You can pull it up. Well, I did. I, I know nothing about this, but I'm yeah. glad that. So, but, I, but I would, actually, I would but actually me. educated me, like you know, that like it was like this. Is it's like you know, like, you know, respecting life and respecting fans all life. Feelings and, now, Dave knows you know, fans have It was the original. Can, it was the original. You know, going green. You know, and whatever. So, I'm gonna buy you a succulent for your office. I'll make you water it. I'm gonna check in with Dr. Terry and Dr. P to make sure that you're taking care of it. Yeah, so don't so whenever you never like you know cut like a vine i'm thinking like you know or a tree what am i doing little tree well these little, are living creatures little, yes, they little are. No, living. big norm big norm little norm little baby succulent it's yeah, just a funny name baby. but it's so succulent well then those great, are the two two different words one is a noun and one is an adjective that's a great know. name for a kid right hey succulent hey succulent hey little succulent i'm sure i'm sure it's happened <laughs> little baby norm succulent brosgall my little cacti. I think I think we're onto something. You can't that, having a cacti too. Like you, if you have like a pet plant, right? Or you have like a pet. A pet it's not lizard, a pet right? plant. It's a plant that you take care. of. People have plants, Dave. No, but everything's not a pet. It's sort of pet rock, right? So I got I got I got a pet. I got a pet piece of crumpled up paper over here, right? So I got to take care of it. Move around a little bit every day. You're just you know? being. You're just being. You're just being a. I'm being obstinate. Too right now. Come on, man. Nah. Spider plants, cacti. No, but you can't like pet a lizard, right? You have to have like a pet snake, like you know. Heading. Oh, pet. David, pet. David, 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 you're hopeless. Oh my gosh. All right. All right. Question 15. 15. All right. What's a piece of clothing slash t shirt <laughs> that you can't bear to get rid of, but you never wear again? I think you asked this question before, actually. I did. Um, I think I said, I think I said, like, what's your oldest piece of clothing? Okay. What's a piece of clothing? Uh, they, hmm. So I have my, my Israel trip t shirt from when I was 17, which I have never, probably never worn since 1997. But I don't think I can ever get rid of it. Wife's like, why do you still have this one? Like, it's just very like sentimental to me. And like, I'm never gonna actually do anything with it. But I just could, I can't really get rid of it. So it's a 26 year old t-shirt which I don't wear, which just sits there, and I never actually get rid of. And I probably will never get rid of it. So there we go. How about you? Um, that's not you have that. stuff that's old, but that you wear. You have stuff that's old, but you wear it. But something that's old that you don't wear. Or do you, you know, just like you know, it's fun? It's a, that's a bad answer. I, I'm um. I'm a, I don't pot, pot with stuff very well. So I would say everything. I, everything. <laughs> I, I, I was just, I was just actually, you know, exercising, you know, in like a, an old Sammy shirt, you know, an old Sammy t-shirt. Hey, you were. And I took it off from the back and I ripped it. And I was like, ah, you know, and <gasps> oh, it didn't really mean no. that much to me, but you know, but I don't know. I have a lot of stuff, oh. stuff I would never wear, but wouldn't want to get rid of. Tough one, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Got a lot of stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'll All come right. back to that it's one. Fine, uh, Dave. Uh, do you prefer couscous or quinoa? If I was going to check one, if I was going to pick one, and honestly, I never knew what either of these were. Did you know any what these were? In like when you were like, growing I, up, eat them. But growing up, I knew couscous. Quinoa, quinoa was not around in the eighties. No, it was not. Couscous was definitely around though. I would, I would lean to couscous. Really? Tell me yeah, why. You not it's like chewy. quinoa? It's succulent. It's succulent. It's, <laughs> it's the flavor. It's chewy. You know what? You know what's cute? Sec- couscous reminds me. What are those little those little balls that people get in their tea now? Like the tea thing, the little balls of whatever. Like the they're like bubble tea. You ever bubble tea? Oh yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what, what these remind me of because they're yeah. kind of juicy and chewy. I, I go with couscous. You? Couscous is definitely juicier and like nuttier and probably a bit more robust. I'm a quinoa guy. I like quinoa much better. A little crunch, a little crunchier, probably a little healthier. Uh, I'll do both. I'll, I'll, I would take quinoa, and I'd actually, I would just go with like deep. I, I'd say red quinoa, like red quinoa. Red quinoa. Real niche, real niche. Trader Joe's special. Trader Joe's going special. Yellow, right, question seven. Eighty-five percent done here. Question number seventeen. I think you're asking me, right? Dan, have you ever read Don Quixote? I have not, Dave. I've not read Don. But I really, I want to try to, and it's, and I, I, I put a hold on it at the library because I, I've heard it's great. Um, I love the term uh, tilting at windmills. Feels like it's very relevant for today. So I'm, yep. I'm trying to go ahead and read Don Quixote. Have you read Don Quixote? I, as, 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 as poorly well-read as I am, I have read Don Quixote. I, th- I, th- I, I, I could hear that it was going to be yes. From the way you asked and, and I saw, I you know how much I like, you know, talk about how much I like seeing, you know, you know um, live shows. I, I, saw, I saw Man La Mancha. Um, in Boston with Richard Kiley. Um, Who's that? I think, Richard, I think it was Richard Kiley. This was, yeah, Richard Kiley. He was like one of the original um, Don Quixote's. In, uh, oh, okay, okay. To see it. I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was, I, I say Don. Um, and uh, that was a pretty, I remember that very well. You know, it was him and his little, whatever his little psychic was. Uh his little sidekick is Sancho Panza. Sancho Panza. I knew that just from life. Yeah, I'm trying oh, yeah. to. I, yeah. So yeah, yeah honestly, if, I, if, if I hadn't read it now, I would never read it. So you, yeah, you read it. I, think, I, think, I just think there's so much in there that I, that I like, that, like, even just the name Sancho Panza, I just know it. Like, I don't know okay. why it's significant. Tilting at Wimbles is an expression about like attacking, uh, uh, using time and energy to attack an enemy or problem that is not real or important. Like, that's very relevant to right now. So you see that phrase a lot. I wonder. I want to get the full Don Quixote experience. So I'm in. I'll I'll report back, Dave, once I achieve that. It's like when I wanted to read The Plague and I finally read it a few months ago. I'm like, yes, thank you. Check, check, check. When you um, read so it, I, 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 I teased this earlier, Dave, a few minutes ago. But what's a perfect or a near perfect album? Oh, I just just saying. I just googled in that, yeah, 1965, 1971. He was in Man La Mancha and 72. That's probably when I saw it in 72. I remembered. Correctly. You were six. You were you were four no, years old. No, seventy-seven. He brought okay. it back seventy-seven. That's okay. 77. So then, then you were nine. All right. Yeah. yeah. No, I was. That was then when I went. I went. Awesome. My yeah. All right. How do you remember? And I like. Um, I like to like to be factual. <laughs> you and me both. I like knowing right away. It's like when what's I found that day the concert you went to. What's a name. perfect or near perfect album? Yeah, for you. What do you think? What do you mean? What's what's better? No, no, no. Like if you had to say, if it, like, what's a, a record, cassette tape, CD, album that is like to you, it's just like, it's almost perfect. Every song is outstanding. You know, it's, it's great. You know, whoa, hard one to answer, hard one to answer. You know, you, you, you go first. Whew. Uh, I mean, not, nothing's perfect. Right. So yep. if I, I had to pick two, I, I probably, the aforementioned Joshua Tree by U2 is almost perfect. Yep with maybe one or two exceptions. I think 10 by Pearl Jam is almost perfect. And then um, I forget which Oasis. I mean, people, Oasis could be overrated, but the Oasis album with, um, I'll tell you which one it was actually, uh, with uh, Live Forever on it. Which album was that? That was, oh, crap. Um, uh, Oasis definitely maybe uh, is, is up there too. So oh you, uh, Joshua Tree ten and and, and definitely maybe your Earth with three pretty good ones. And, um, now now throw, these I, days I, these days we just pick and choose, so we don't even buy whole whole albums anymore. So it's hard to. I could throw, I could throw out a ton of albums, man. I think I'm perfect. I gave you three, so don't do more than three. You can do two or three. Uh, what do you want to do? Van Halen one, 
Awesome. Okay, album. that's a good answer. Good answer. Um, the ego is the long run. Great. Oh, nice. Um, I mean, I could go. I could. I mean, mean, mean Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. You know that album was, was crazy. You know, I could. I could go like Scruffy the Cat. I could go. You know, uh, Buffalo Tom. I mean, some. You know, there's some amazing. Some of the albums, like you know. That's a lot um, of perfect albums, my friend. Like really, every song is real. Jay Giles albums, honestly, some of those albums. Sure, really, sure, sure. You know, just every song is good. You really think Van Halen one is the best Van Halen? I mean, look at the track list now; it's pretty good. I mean, but what do we yeah, got okay, that's fine. That's fine. I got you. It's fine. That's fine. Don't worry about I mean, it. Worry they, about they got, I mean, Van Halen two. I mean, was Van Halen two? Um, dancing. Yeah, dance night away. Yeah, I mean, Van Halen one's a great album. Um. Women and children first. I mean, I, I, I love Van Halen, so. Um, I'm getting that from you. All right, yeah. Dave, question number 19. Uh, do key fobs freak you out? No. Isn't it weird that you walk into a car and, like, it just turns on without using a key? You find that, like, it's cool? I got it, you know? Nah, old technology. No, no. It's a little bit weird. No. Is it, I find it a little bit strange. I like it. just a little bit weird. You know? I, like I wouldn't say I'm freaked like, out by it. It's I like that you like, find that strange. Weird. Just well, it, I'm just not used to it because I, I mean, I don't have a car that has a fob yet, but I'm like, I don't oh, either. Car, I'm like, oh, I just need to like sit there and then it turns on. Oh, cool, you know? Yeah, I to me, I was, I just, I mean, we were younger, right? They came up with the whole the whole buttons you could do on your door, right? Beep, beep, boop, beep, beep. Yep. And I'm like, just that, give me a that key. didn't really that didn't really become a thing. That's still just, pretty rare. Just know? give me a key, you know? I, I also, yeah, I also you know come from a generation of you know locking your locking your keys in your car and getting them out real, you know, trying to get them out. And um, and that to me, like the, the there's too much that can go wrong with those buttons on the door and the the, the, the key fob thing. Wait a minute, I'm trying I'm trying to say, what's the generation when you lock your keys in the car? Like, can't that still happen? Well, you have to try hard to do it, right? <laughs> Let's try harder now, okay? You gotta you gotta, you it's, gotta happened, it's happened to me recently. So no, but because you were now when you when you lock your keys in the car, you gotta you gotta technically pull the little latch and lock it before you get out of the car, because um, it won't because you usually have to lock the keys in the door, press the button. Except for that time yeah. when, when Jocelyn locked her keys in the car at my old office there in the go. middle of the winter with a car running and you- <laughs> That happened to me once. Some, I, it was the weirdest thing I was, I was, it was- You came over and helped that night, I think. No, that was for your, that was for Roz's jump starting her car because yeah, it was yeah, yeah. dead. It was also like two degrees outside. It was so cold, but it was funny. It was, it was Thanksgiving probably six years ago. I went to Starbucks. And I was talking to our friend, Mike Bertos, literally, who was there also. And I got back to the car, which I left running. And somehow the door had locked and the car was running. I'm like, how did this happen? So Mike actually drove me home. And then uh, I got the other key and came back. I'm like, Thank, thanks, buddy. And I felt like an idiot. So there we go. All right, Dave, so, last so it's So it's, so it, it, yeah, so it's, it's, it's definitely doable. But I had a friend in high school. His name was Jerry Burke, who I'm trying to reconnect with. He, he, he would race. You're not going to find him. He, he would race. Um, if he locked his keys in the car, he would call the cops, right, to come, to come open the car. Sure. And he would say, I bet I can do this quicker than you can. And it would give him the, the, <laughs> the thing. He could get out of the car like in 15 seconds. The, the cops were like, really? That was oh, great. Wow. Well, way to go, Jerry. Last question is yours, buddy. Last question is mine, number 20. What song makes you think about college? So originally... I had like th- like three eleven, uh, and in any three eleven song or anything by the Spin Doctors, but to me it's got to be Semi Charmed Life by Third Eye Blind, which is like my freshman year like anthem, like do 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 like that one to me is. I'm like, glad you. I'm glad so you sang that to me. Identify that song with like the beginning of college, which is so crazy because my son is now six months away from being that age. So uh, that's freaky to me. How about you? So, A, I, sometimes in the morning when I'm running up and down my street, I run to that song, just saying. Um, Get out of here. And then, ju- and then and another one is Jumper, is one of my favorite songs um, by, this, by, the, by that same group. By the same um, band? Look at us. Yeah. And two, over, I, I, I'm uh, just going back to the, another perfect album is the Violent Femmes album. That is a perfect oh, album. Oh, sure. The first, yeah. That, that's, that's every song. We got a part about part about those albums and um we have someone someone with music uh background we can talk about that um you should get your buddy on to talk about that okay. including the fact that i think your violent thumbs answer could be actually the right answer every song in that on that yeah. album is immaculate when we get back when we get back in the studio um yeah let's do that but we won't say his name right now. um we will not say his name it's fine the i would say um 
Superman by R.E.M. would be would be my would be about to okay. call it. Okay, fair. Dave, we covered a lot of ground today. Um, just a refresher. It's been <laughs> we got some medical talk, we got some vaccine talk, we got some Brasco life talk, we got re-election talk, we got South Freelick talk, we had evacuation day talk, uh, we had masking talk, we had you know, vaccines. Oof, no, t- uh, the only thing I will say to you, which is really funny, and again, this somehow turned into the music podcast, is I was walking into a, to a room in, at, 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 my, uh, at my work the other day, and sort of the last week of kids on remote learning, thank God, yep. and a kid was playing a game, like a cube game, and I'm listening to the music, and I'm like, is, is that what I think it is? And it was a digitized version to Dr. Dre, the next episode playing as like the background music to this math game i'm like are we that old that kids don't know what those lyrics were that's and that's right. now like now it's like it's like do 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 i'm like thank god there's no lyrics and me the staff are just cracking up because that's how old we are <laughs> 25 years later it's now the go. soundtrack to a to a math game for first graders so that's what i'm talking about dave so we have our marching orders. Julie Manugian's up next. Uh, she was supposed to come today, but couldn't make it. We got to talk about Brexit with her. That whole thing we didn't talk about at all. But I'll just say that I, I was, I'm still right about Megan. And uh, I can't wait to unpack that with Julie Manugian, uh, the, the Brexit and the interview with Oprah. And uh, spring is coming. And episode 50, Dave, amazing. It's been In the a great journey with you. And we are not even halfway, <laughs> halfway to 100. Halfway to 100. Um, can't wait for the next 50. Look forward to banging out some more of those with you. And you have a great week. And look, too, forward my friend. To our, look forward to our next pod, man. Thanks for the 20, Dan. Thanks for the 20. You got a 20, 20 always, my friend. Talk to you next time, everyone. And we'll see you next time, listeners, for episode 51. Have a great day. What Do We Know is written by Dan Broskel and Dave Geller and produced by Julie Manugian at Lex Media in Lexington, Massachusetts. Our theme music is written by Joey Freeman. Joey's work can be found on SoundCloud and Spotify. See you next time.